I understand this is a business to the core, you know, the athletes need the coach who needs the money. Like athletics is a business in college. I totally get it. But if you're going to pull a kid every time they make a mistake, you're not going to have a national championship team because you're not really growing your athletes to become champions. You're just trying to find a coach who's already made a champion that you can just pluck and put on your team. And they already did the hard work for you. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Retired College Athletes Podcast, a podcast designed to inspire and inform the next generation of college athletes through stories and advice from retired college athletes. I'm your host, Sydney Umiri. Today we're chatting with Bray Swan, a former University of Arkansas gymnast, as we talk about player coach dynamics, the business of college athletics, and so much more. Let's jump in. Ironically, I always said, I was like, I will not go to Arkansas. <laughs> you know, I, I did say that, and I'll, I'll be upfront about it. Uh, but... I first, the first place I ever visited was OU. I was 15. Yeah, I had just turned 15-ish. The second place I went to visit was Alabama. And then the third place I visited was Arkansas because I was going to actually commit to Auburn now that I remember. But the girl they offered my scholarship to, they were like, we don't think she's going to take it and we have you right next. We'll just be ready to commit. She declines it. And they, she ended up taking it and they're like, we're really surprised. And I was just like, oh my God, what do I do? Um, I knew Arkansas was going to offer me and I had already like mentally committed there before they even had officially offered me, but I just, I knew what I wanted. I wanted it to stay. I wanted to stay in the South and I didn't want to be far from home. I really wasn't looking at the conference because I didn't know anything about conference this or conference that I was just like who's gonna pay for me to go to school is it gonna be a good gymnastics school and is it near home and you know I mean it's very cliche but with Arkansas I just knew that's where I was supposed to be after I found out they had interest in me it seems as though you chose Arkansas for a pretty holistic reason like you were like it just is a really good fit like I want to stay in the south families in the south for the most part like like, it wasn't like, oh, I love this coach or I love these girls. Like, you are probably, I mean, it's probably a good fit, but, like, that's not the full reason. And so as you got into the program and kind of were coming up from freshman year to sophomore year and so on, what were some things that, I guess, happened throughout your time there that you were like, okay, I could have never been prepared for this. Like, no one is talking about this, but just in general, like, who who's going to tell me this? Right. I think there's so many of that and they're just all little small moments. But I think the biggest thing that I was not prepared for was how much is expected of us. I can't believe we expect 18 year olds, some 17 year olds, like we've got children essentially committing and going to school. And I'm just, it's just crazy to me, the expectation of these 18 year olds the expectations I can understand for me now at 21, but at 18, you have these expectations that were not forewarned for me. So it's, you know, for me too, it was basically like when you make a mistake, it was a huge deal to make a mistake. And I understand mistakes are not ideal, but you tell us to act like adults, but you treat us like children. And when we make these mistakes, it's very, it feels very threatening on most like I'm like oh my god am I gonna lose my scholarship like what's gonna happen and it in hindsight I'm like that was such a minor deal so I don't think I was prepared for the pressure at all luckily I'm a very 
I was, I guess, a very adaptive person. So for me, I was very time oriented. I was very disciplined. I was really good at time management. That way I never got in trouble or I never had to deal with these type of troubled issues. Um, So I think the biggest thing I wasn't ready for was just the level of expectation from, okay, hey, you have 530 a.m. lift and then you have school and then you have tutoring. And oh, by the way, I need you here for floor choreography. And you, you know, I got in trouble when I, my freshman year floor choreography, because this coach told me this time. And then the coach that was doing the choreography actually wanted it at this time. And she calls yelling at me and she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm walking from class. I just grabbed lunch. Like I'm on the way. Like I was going to be 30 minutes early in choreography. She's like, choreography was at this time. And I just started crying and she felt bad. And I was like, and the other coach came in. She's like, I told her to be here at this time. And the other coach was, you know, there was no communication with the coaches, but when we don't have communication, it's an issue. So hypocrisy is a bit frustrating too. Um, so it's just that type of pressure. Like you really don't know. Sometimes you just really walk on eggshells in certain stuff. I think that was what came with being a freshman because being a freshman, you're very intimidated. You really don't know the ropes yet. You don't want to overstep boundaries and you're learning where those boundaries are. But I, um, depending on really too how your coaches are, who your seniors are, the leaders on the team, it's going to also affect those freshmen of how they're going to be able to handle those boundaries. Because for us, we were learning the boundaries, but when we found those boundaries, they were handled really harsh to us. And there was no grace or there was no like, hey, I know you're learning. Like there just was no like none of that for a while. Uh, so I think the pressure was I was not ready for all of that at all. I love that you talk about how even small mistakes feel so big. Cause I remember like trying to explain this to my mom about now that I'm really far removed, I'm like, okay, this was all kind of small stuff, like small marbles. It's not a big deal. But like at the time, what was at stake for us was punishment on top of everything that we're doing. Like you can't, you just really can't, I can't take that on. Like, why would I do that to myself? And I just remember being so tense. Like I had now looking back on my career in, in high school, I had performance anxiety, but I didn't know like the terminology behind it. I just thought I was a very intense young kid now I'm like okay no you had performance anxiety and like everything felt like it was a life or death situation which is quite unhealthy um but did you have performance anxiety or anything that popped up because of the way that they would treat mistakes because I think people don't realize like at least in the basketball world if I played under a coach which I played under under many that would if you made a mistake yank you right away that that ruins your confidence. Like you now feel like you're less of an athlete because you made a mistake, which is human. Like they don't leave room for like grace or humanity and things like that. And so it's really like kind of a slippery slope because, because there's no room for grace or there's no room for a genuine mistake. You're actually striving for perfection, which does not exist. And now it becomes really unhealthy. And now you slip into the slope of like anxiety because you can't control these outcomes. So did any of that happen to you? Not in college, actually. Um, I suffered with the performance anxiety at a young age with an old coach. Um, It got better throughout my years as I just kind of learned how to compete. Um, But I never suffered with that in college. They weren't really upset with us in terms of like gymnastics mistakes, just because mistakes in gymnastics are so common. And if we're going to get upset every time you make a mistake in gymnastics, like nobody's going to have a team because you fail more in gymnastics and you'll succeed just because the difficulty of the sport. So I wouldn't say we suffered, or at least me personally didn't suffer with that. The mistakes that we would make that 
were not graceful, at least, you know, half the team, it was a little bit more graceful for the favorites. Um, it, would, it would just be outside life mistakes. So, you know, one girl's like alarm didn't go off because her phone just like crapped out. Like that wasn't her fault. And, you know, she gets like a severe talking to and it's like, but she didn't do it on purpose. And it was for a summer lift or not. She didn't miss anything that was actually crucial. And she was like 20, 30 minutes late to the lift and she did all of the lifts. It was just, it was just for me, it was just a lot of stuff that they took a lot of stuff seriously that they shouldn't have. And they didn't take things seriously when they should have. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. Just wanted to pop in and say thank you for listening, as well as encourage you to rate this podcast with a five-star review. If you're looking for other ways to support RCA, please consider giving to our Patreon in exchange for exclusive content. There you'll be able to gain access to solo casts, exclusive Zoom discussions with other people a part of the RCA community, merch, and patron recognition. Again, this podcast is nothing without you, so we'd love for you to get involved and give there if you can. That's it from me. Now back to the episode. So you've been really transparent on your social media, which I'll make sure that's all linked below because I love the content that you produce, but you've been really transparent about kind of coaching because you to this day are now a coach. Um, And I love your philosophy on how you train your kids and the grace that you show and just talking about your experiences. But what were some things that I guess you went through as an athlete that now informs your coaching to be better? Because I think that like as athletes, sometimes people hear us talk about our experiences with coaches and they're like, you guys are just being really hard on them. But in reality, it's like, no, like we went through some stuff and it needs to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at least for like my generation of gymnasts and older than me, we, we really are the generation that made safe sport become a thing in gymnastics because of the abuse that we went through. But I think what, for me, what has really driven my coaching is, I'm a very just personal person in general. I love to talk. I love to get to know people. Um, I love to just, I just love to handle situations in the best way that they can be handled. So when you were talking about like the slippery slope of, you know, making a mistake and you get pulled for me, I see it on like both ends. I see, I understand this is a business to the core. You know, the athletes need the coach who needs the money. Like athletics is a business in college. I totally get it. But if you're going to pull a kid every time they make a mistake, you're not going to have a national championship team because you're not really growing your athletes to become champions. You're just trying to find a coach who's already made a champion that you can just pluck and put on your team. And they already did the hard work for you. So it's like, but you have to, you have to let them make that mistake and be like, okay, Hey, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Let's figure out what we did. What can we have done better? This isn't working. Obviously let's try something new. Like, you know, we should be doing that too as coaches. And I think that's where I differ with my athletes, especially with them being children. Um, this is such an impressionable time in anybody's life is when you're a child. So I know that. And I can see for me, like if I'm coaching a kid that is consistently falling on a skill, the first thing I always do is I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Like as a coach, is her mobility in check? Are they strong enough? Am I correcting her? If once I check all that stuff off, then I kind of go and look at the kid. I'm like, okay, you know, you're just doing this, try this, um, whatever. And my biggest thing with them is, you know, letting them know it's okay to make a mistake. And I actually encourage it. I'm like, please fail differently. 
I'm not upset with mistakes. I'm upset with the same mistake because if we're getting the same mistake, we're doing the same action. That's not going to do anything. So try something different. And even if you fall again, fall on the other side. So if we're on a back walkover and we're falling on this side, I want you to try to fall on this side. So I think my biggest thing for them is I'm just really personal with them and I talk to them and we have really good relationships and my kids know that they can make mistakes that um, it's not a big deal. And I just, we just figure it out with each other. And I give a lot of, you know, my past experience just for a lot of reasons to kind of give them some perspective because kids are kids. And if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And I have to kind of reel them back and say, girls, you, you know, you got to realize kind of, you know, what we're giving you. And I don't, and I always tell them, girls, I don't want to pat on the back because I don't abuse you. Like that shouldn't be the standard for coaches, but I need you to understand I am the way I am towards you guys because of how I was. But when you take advantage of that, number one, it hurts my feelings. And it's so important for your kids to remember you're a human, especially for athletes that have a name in the sport that you're, they tell you all the time. I, I watched your YouTube videos. Like they really put you up on a pedestal. So when you humanize yourself for your athletes, it does so much for them. And I think that is like the biggest thing for me is what's really going to develop the athlete. It's being personal. It's having communication. It's telling them about your mistakes, telling them about what you went through. So, you know, I'll go back to that and just say, I'm not, I don't want to be this coach because if I have to be this coach for you to be successful, I will quit my job before I ever have to be that coach. Um, so I think that's what differs with me and my old coaches is they always saw the athlete in me. They knew I was talented. They knew I could do some stuff and go pretty far. And they forgot that I was a child first. For me, I, I know that these are children and I always, you know, try to remind them of that, that like, girls, I see it. I see you. Like, I love you. I care about you. But that doesn't mean, you know, we don't have to suck to have fun, you know, and we don't have to be miserable to be great. Uh, so we find like a medium with that. I'm like, yeah. So I know that you deal with the younger kids currently. And I think there's 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 like pillars of coaching that I think can be taken for coaches who are in every level. And so what like how can that be implemented at the coaching level for college athletes? Because I think like. Once you implement business into sport, things change a lot. And I, one of the things I'm really passionate about is teaching kids, parents, even retired college athletes about the business of sport and how we can kind of make it a more um, ethical business. I think currently it's not the most ethical and that's why we get the outcomes we get. That's why we have the stories that we have. So what does that look like for college athletes? Because I know it's like fortunately the girls that you work with have this great foundation and know what it means to be treated well and coached well. And so they can spot a bad coach that they don't want to work with from a mile away. But like, for example, you might not have gotten that uh, opportunity. And so like, how can not so much like, of course, this is not a podcast for coaches, but how can I guess like parents spot some things that a college coach might need to have for their daughter to feel comfortable in that program. And because I mean, I feel like the daughter probably wouldn't know at the age of 17, 18. Right. Yeah. I've thought about that. Like if I had, you know, my kid going on recruiting trips, really the only way to find that out is you get to know the coach um, because coaches are always going to put on their best suit when you are being recruited. So, you know, they say it takes a full year to get to really know somebody. So it's really hard at first to really tell. So for me, being a former athlete, I have questions that I know I would ask my coach or ask my kid's coach that's being recruited. You know, I would ask things like, so when one of your student athletes breaks a rule, what, what do you, how do you handle that as a coach? Do you, 
do you punish the whole team or is there a separate consequence? And I would ask the same questions like what's your injury protocol and how long are they in rehab um, for said injury? How long do you work them out? Um, do you encourage the off days? What, who's your dietitian? Who's the nutritionist? I'm not even going to ask, do you do nutrition? You should already have one. Who's the nutritionist? Who's your rehab? All of that stuff. Um, you know, how do you handle when the athlete does make a mistake? If there's an emergency, who does the athlete have? If the athlete has a problem with you as a coach, is there another resource that they can go to? Because let's face it, you're intimidating as their coach. You know, these are questions that I would be asking as a yeah. mother. No, that's, that's good stuff. I think, uh, I mean, I've had conversations with recruits and their parents and it's, there's a lot. Like, I think sometimes it's like, they're asking about like, how much am I getting for the scholarship? And maybe like what kind of system you run depending on the sport? Like, you know, where do where does my daughter or son fit in XXX, you know, but like yeah. none of the real day to day, like my kid is in this program now and they're not a recruit. So they're treated like an everyday kid in this program. Like, what does that really look like? Those are really solid questions. And I hope for the parents that are listening or even like the recruits that they're actually taking notes because those are quality, quality questions. Um, I do want to pivot a little bit. I've seen a few of your posts about coaches in control mm-hmm. um, and sometimes like the kind of more toxic relationship that coaches can have with control. And so how is that or how was that in your career? Um, where did, How did that surface and how did you deal with it? You know, I've had about 20 coaches in my lifetime and I think on, you know, I can count on three fingers the amount of good coaches, and even some of those good coaches had major God complex or control problems. Um, and it was just, you know, when I was younger, it was the whole, you know, you're gonna wear your hair like this, and whether you like it or not, there was no source of like individuality. Um, I put that video up on TikTok where I, me and my team are at a meet, and it was supposed to be a pajama party themed meet. And, every single athlete gymnast girl was in pajamas except for us because for our coach it really was life or death this was like usually they were like no this is serious you know we're in level six or something like it's like not that serious like nobody cared and you know it was just stuff like that like no you won't wear pajamas even if you want to like oh you want to have fun that's just like not an option so there was like that control and then there was the control of like what our lead tarts looked like. Like if we wanted to wear shorts, like number one, it was a deduction at means, which I'm so glad that they changed that now. But yeah. so I can understand the coach saying like, no, you can't wear shorts at a meet. But now, you know, there's still coaches that won't let their kids wear shorts at meets, even though now it's allowed. And I'm literally probably ever the only club gym at every meet we've ever gone to that lets their kid wear shorts. You know, there's that control. And then I get to college. I, I got married when I was 20. Uh, I got married in college. And there was one coach that she always had a little something to say about it. And I don't know why she felt me. But I was, those were things that I experienced in college. There was personal stuff that was mentioned. Um, and there was just comments that I'm like, this is out of your scope of responsibility as my coach. It was just kind of like that type of comments that were made and so I would just kind of pop off right back and so then that would cause issues they're like you're disrespectful I said I'm not disrespectful for you coming at me with something out of line and I rebuttal I'm standing up for myself because at the end of the day I teach you how to treat me you're not going to talk to me about this you want to talk to me about gymnastics let's do it you want to talk to me about how I'm getting married or that I have too much fruit in my bowl and that's too much sugar you're not a nutritionist you're not a dietitian you coach one event going to need you to stop. 
you know, it was kind of stuff like I got to the point where I was just sick and tired of it because I could see what it was doing to our mental health. I could see what it was doing to my teammates who were a little bit more timid to speak up. And I was like, this is just dumb. And I just, I just got fed up with it at some yeah. point in college. I was just kind of the designated, you know, bad guy with me and that coach. That's just how I felt going into it because I was like, you know, if you have every, you have something to say about every little thing I do, I might as well just start standing up for me and my teammates because somebody has right. to. So that's. I love that you were that person. I think every team needs one. I, I definitely know I can like point out the people on my team that were those people. I definitely wasn't. Um, I was definitely quiet and just kind of like, I would say when it got too far, I would say something. Um, but for the most part, just kind of did my thing quietly. Yeah. And I think it. that's like my biggest advice to student athletes from all ages, because it really hurts my heart to see um, athletes, we especially female athletes who, and especially in sports like gymnastics, we have such a limited time in this sport. And it really hurts my heart to see athletes let themselves be walked all over because they're just ignorant. They don't know that they can stand up for themselves. And you deserve to be a happy athlete. Whether you're successful or not, you do not deserve it unless you've earned it. But you deserve to be in a healthy environment as an athlete. That was former University of Arkansas gymnast Bray Swan. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode.